You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal. 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 Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Reaction podcast. The Patriots 26 to 10 lost the Chiefs on Monday night. Uh, I guess there are some positives to take away from the game, but the the big stuff were the negatives. And you like that. Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay, so there's a lot on a on like a high end level to remove here. We've been having a lot of talk in recent weeks of of moral victories and you know, did they have anything to lose going to Kansas City? Well, they did have something to lose because in my opinion, they should have won the game. Uh, they like, absolutely should have won the game. You should have stolen one and who knows down the road. I mean, you'd be 3 and 1, the Chiefs would be 3 and 1. The Ravens would be three and one. Like suddenly, I don't know if you're in the mix of best team in the AFC, but you're putting yourself in that mix. Well, just look at your own division. Now you're two games behind the Bills. Right, right. Yeah, you would have been only one game behind the Bills, which means then when you beat them, you're fine. Like, right. So I, I, you know, the, the headline to my column was wasted opportunity. Like I never thought they had a shot going into this game to beat the, the, the Chiefs with Cam Newton, yep. without Cam Newton, COVID-19, all that crap. But they did. Like, throughout the game, they did. Well, and, like, we've – like, I think I, I wrote sort of the same, same thing. Like, they beat themselves, and you never see that from the Patriots. The dropped passes, dropped interceptions, uh, miss – you know, not knowing situational football at the end of the half, just uh, not, not knowing who's around you as a quarterback. Quick what? aside, um, regards to the dropped passes, you're obviously alluding to Julian Edelman, who had a drop that turned into a pick well, six. Also, the – Defensive backs, two interceptions that were dropped. Yeah, there are, there's a reason they're defensive backs. You ever play Madden when Charles Davis, the voice goes, you know what coaches say, if they could catch, they'd be wide receivers, right? Um, yeah, but Devin McCourty usually catches those. He actually does, and he and his was blatantly bad, like no. The J.C. Jackson one, Tyreek yeah. Hill kind of came in, and there was right. you can, a little you can, more there. Yeah. Like Devin McCourty just flat out dropped it, but um, – my son showed me this because I missed it somehow. Um, did you see the Julian Edelman uh, Instagram post where, like, we get knocked down to prove we can get back up again? I saw it, but I didn't, like, click uh, on it. I missed the something. comments are phenomenal. Oh. Patriots fans can turn on anybody like that. The surprise you didn't drop your phone while you were posting this or, Ooh, like, oh, oh, my. You need to read them. They have turned on him in terms of the – you should have played quarterback because you certainly couldn't catch the ball last night. Like it was, they are not happy with him, even though 
according to Keyshawn Johnson and Tony Romo, that's on Stidham, not Julian Edelman. It's not his fault. But um, the, the big story of the game is, so the plan, so I, we should probably reset because last podcast we did, um, coronavirus was not an issue. Yeah, Cam Newton was the Patriots starting quarterback. Uh, he tested positive on Friday, was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list on Saturday. Patriots game pushed back from Sunday to Monday. They had to travel day of game. Brian Hoyer was your starting quarterback. Brian Hoyer was embarrassingly bad, as some may have expected slash predicted, other than crapsheet Ian Rappaport. Someone didn't. Thought he would look great and it was going to look good, and he was like, he may know the offense. I don't know whether he knows the offense or not. He doesn't know how to play quarterback on an NFL team. He must be a hell of a scout team quarterback or just a guy in the room to come up with plays or whatever because he's got nothing on the field. No, and he cost them, he says, six points. Okay, we'll keep it at six points with a turnover inside the red zone, a sack that ended the half inside the red zone. Um, But the the big, big, big picture of the quarterback situation is um, we knew it was bullshit when he said it. It was complete bullshit that they had a competitive competition between competitive guys for the QB position. Both of them weren't very good. Even Jarrett Stidham, who came in through and had a nice touchdown throw, he was not very good either. No, but I guess give him more of an out just because he was thrown into the – he was – whatever. They were trailing by – Right. Whatever. At least a touchdown at the time. I forget exactly what they were trailing when he entered the game. So he had to – I think he was trying to make more plays than he normally would have just to start out a game. So, like, maybe, you know, you can't totally fault them for some of the throws. But, right. And he ends up in a hole because of the Edelman pick. Right. I mean, he, he wasn't great, but he certainly wasn't as bad as Brian Hoyer. And the the – you know that Stidham hasn't played. So the expectation or the, 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 how much you allow for him to look like a young, unproven quarterback. Right. Whereas isn't the reason Brian Hoyer's playing his brain and he's an experienced 12-year veteran and he looked like he had no idea what he was doing out there. Uh, the, those sacks, the, and then the end of the half were something that you see like in a college game. The and, freshman quarterback. I mean – I don't know why he's around, quite frankly. Like, I heard Lou well, Maloney on our station going he, around. He's, he's probably a, a good – he's a good He's a good third stringer. He probably runs the – like, all those stories around the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I'm not saying it's justifiable, but that's why. Yeah, I just – I'm sorry. Like, the fascination, the con. Like, I don't know how he's had a 12-year career. He is not very good physically. I, I forget who I texted this someone. Him and Jack Eastbury are the biggest cons in the NFL. Yes. Yes, it's like unreal how they have like, uh, but whatever. So, but you had the chance to win. That's the front. You're at you're at six three. You're at thirteen ten. You're you're like you're in that ball game. You're a play away, and they never made the play. Now, obviously, the play that's getting all the attention is the possible interception, strip sack, Winovich, yeah. Dietrich Wise, Shalit Calhoun that was blown dead. It is what it is. I mean. It's a bad call. Like, it should have been. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I thought so, but Bill seemed to be fine with it. I think he's just moving on, kind of. He moved on quick. Well, not on the field. He was ballistic. But but even after the game, though, he seemed to be cool with it. Like, he got the – he said that in today, I forget whether it was with OMF or the conference call, he said that the the sideline judge told him what was called. Right. And it was – I mean, they do that. They protect these guys. That's – what they do now I don't I don't love it with a guy like Patrick Mahomes because I think he can make plays and right 
I don't want that blown dead if it's an offensive play. I want to see him throw with his left hand to like Clyde Edwards Alaire or make like some crazy play. Well, and you saw the video going around Twitter today, I'm sure the whistle was very, very late. Oh yeah, the whistle like um Mahomes himself said, Yeah, I heard the whistle immediately. So I like, no, you didn't, because the whistle didn't come immediately. You're lying. You're right. flat out lying. The whistle did not come immediately. And so that was a controversial play, but I, I think that Bill could have uh, called the timeout to sort of get an explanation and then figure out what to do from there. Like, I think that he sort of – he was too busy focusing on yelling at the referee and sort of lost track that Andy Reid had the punter on the field and they're already kicking. Oh, they quick kicked. They they punted. Well, that's what the Patriots do to other teams. And that's yep. – Andy, Andy Reid's a good coach too. Like, he knows – Very good coach. Good. And Because everybody was confused. If you if you listen to the broadcast, oh, Rumo and Manson are They were absolutely all – they went to commercial break and nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And they said it was incomplete. No, the ball never hit the ground. Can't be incomplete if the ball never hits the ground. And then uh, what's his face? Sterator said that they could challenge the play, which in reality you couldn't challenge the play because you can't challenge forward progress being stopped. Right. It was, it was a little bit of a shit show there for a short time. And I also wonder if Bill's going to get in trouble for taking his double masks off to yell at the officials. I don't think so. I think that's fine. I mean, I don't think he should. And I think, from an NFL perspective, you're the biggest hypocrite. You yell at a guy for taking his mask off, but you make them travel day of game with two planes with players well, that you don't did, know whether they notice, have it or not. Did you notice that Bill did the double mask in today in the conference call? Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly making a point. He's being well, – he said that he said basically that's what they're telling us to do. Double mask now? Well, they probably said something about, you know, we got to take this, you know, seriously, you know, masks and blah, blah, blah. And What's this like? I think all the – like, McDaniels had a mask on when he was talking. I think usually he takes it off when he's in there. So, right. they, they, they got some stern warning in that conference call on um, Monday. Yeah, that's ridiculous. To, set, to give a stern warning to really, you know, read people the riot act when you're telling, like, 100 people to get on a couple planes and travel despite the fact that one of their teammates three days earlier tested positive. That's oh. ridiculous. That's embarrassing. Wear double masks. What are we, in sex ed? Are we teaching double condoms now? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what the hell is going on in this world? The NFL is such a hypocritical fraud. If they really cared about an outbreak and coronavirus and health protocols, the Patriots and Chiefs would not have played yet. They would not have played. Correct. That's embarrassing. That's well, embarrassing. But here's a hypothetical. If, um, if the bye weeks worked out like the Titans and, and uh, Steelers did, I think that the game would have been moved. It shouldn't be about if bye weeks work out. I know out that, but don't, but, but don't you think that would have been the case? Maybe, but that's not the issue. The issue is, are you really, really serious about the protocols and the precautions and the health safety, or are you serious when it suits your needs, but then you need to get a game played so you, nope, go ahead, guys, you're fine. You've had a couple of days of tests. When everybody, the, the bare minimum I've heard for incubation is three days. Yep. Then other people say five days. Some say a seven, 11, up to four. Well, this was what, two? Yeah, like two to three days. You said, get on a plane, get on a bus, and get your ass out there and play. Forget about the fact that now they're traveling day of game. It's not ideal. Right. It's a long trip. All of those things. I give the Patriots credit, in particular, Brian Hoyer, who some reporter said, that play at the end of the half, was that something due to fatigue from traveling? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are we doing here? Fatigue? What? And Hoyer said, no, nothing that I did was because of the travel or anything I, like that. 
I laughed at that question as well. That was embarrassingly bad. Like that was, I mean, talk about making an excuse for a player. Was that from fatigue, from traveling? Like, if you want to ask, I don't know, Damian Harris, did you get caught because you were fatigued from traveling? Okay, it's a physical thing. Maybe he was tired. Or like, you know, one of the offensive linemen, uh, Justin Heron, like, were you tired in the second half because you had to travel and you were making – Played all 70-something snaps, yeah. But he was fatigued, so he didn't realize he couldn't take a sack and didn't have a timeout to call, like – Come on, get over right. it. So, so Brian Hoyer stunk. Jared Stidham wasn't very good either. Uh, he had a nice throw. Question calls by the officials. Throw. Stidham's touchdown throw was nice. Okay, we got to get that in there. Uh, the defense. Nice. The defense. Don't be positive all the time. I'm positive. I wanted to get to the positives. The defense. They did a good job against Patrick Mahomes. The defense did, other than not finishing the turnovers that they could have had, yep. um, remarkable. I mean, another game where they – slowed Patrick Mahomes only this time he never really got that flurry in the second half he never got caught on fire never got hot I mean he kind of did but not but not like he's done before right like if you don't give up the pick six touchdown this is a ball game wire to wire true true. that was the game changer after he scored they had two touchdowns in two plays right it was the first play after their touchdown I think so that changed the game but Chase Winovich, some of the guys up front, the pressure, the John back Stammen had some pressures. Yeah, no, they they play the the they had a good game plan, good execution. The you know the six to eight defensive backs that they were playing with some regularity um, got the job done. They threw zones at them, they threw man coverages at them. Yeah, uh, Stephon Gilmore. One thing that I noted was he was very physical tackling. I was going to say that he seemed like pissed off in a way whatever it was, maybe he's embarrassed with the way he's played and he wanted to like make a point. I don't know, but he was very physical. Uh, So I thought defensively, and I will say though, this is a weird thing to say because the chiefs are the, the be all end all offensively and everything you match up with them. Like your strength is you have a lot of defensive backs. No, it's true. And, and even their running game is a, is an undersized, you know, scheme based run game. So They kind of got away with the, the lack of front seven against Edward Hilaire. Right. I don't know if you could say we're going to put eight DBs on the field against the Titans and and the way they want to run the football. Like that's that's not what you're. But you're set up to match up a little bit with the Chiefs. You did it. It didn't result in a win, which is unfortunate because that would have injected some fun. Like we've been talking, you and I, everybody. You're going to be two and two after September. Right. If you're three and one, you know, some people thought one and three, but if you're three and one. And you're playing the Broncos, like you're kind of, you know. Yeah, like you're, you're playing with house money. You're ahead of the, the, the curve a little bit. So they couldn't take advantage. Now, I will say, I think that's probably also part of why Bill is kind of understanding of the, the turnover. Like his team missed so many other chances. Like that wasn't the one chance. Like, it's not like they took advantage of everything and then you took one from them. Nope. Dropped interception, dropped interception, threw an interception for a pick six. Like you didn't, you didn't maximize your opportunities. And that was, that was just one of them that the refs cost you. Uh, Where would you go from here at quarterback? Um, Away from Brian Hoyer. (laughs) Um, Whatever direction is not Brian Hoyer. So if it's Cam Newton, which I don't see why it can't be Cam Newton. I don't understand. We've heard so far that 
He's asymptomatic. If well, it's asymptomatic, you know, do you think Bill would put him on the field if he only practiced Friday? Yes. Why not? No, I agree. I, 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 think, I think Bill saw what he needed to see Monday night, that Cam Newton is infinitely better than what he's got, and he gives him the best chance to win, even if it's practicing once in seven days. Right. And I know people say, like I've heard Fourier say, like, oh, there's rules about you got to practice at least once. And this is different. I'm so, you're traveling day of games. You have guys on lists. You have tests. You're, like, it's just a different year. And the drop-off from Cam Newton – to the rest is is huge, massive. Now, I will say, I don't want anything to do with Hoyer. So if Cam Newton can't go, Jarrett Stidham, first career start, prep him. And I do well, think – We're going to say the same thing, that he'll be, he'd be better with a full week of prep. And, yeah, I mean, like, so for the first three weeks, you had Brian Hoyer as the backup. So if Cam Newton gets hurt on the first play of the game, Brian Hoyer's going in. Right. And it was sort of the same this week. You practiced – Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yep. then yep. the Cam Newton news hit, but you had already established Stidham. Yeah. Is the no, third Stidham said he played scout team all last week. Right. So I do think even almost regardless of the way the game played out, how horrific it was for Hoyer, and it was bad, it was awful, I do think there was a chance that Stidham might have had a chance to be the guy this week based on he could take starter reps, he could be yes. prepared properly, and whatever. So – but I just – I have no interest in Brian Hoyer. I'm, Neither I don't do I. I, I, don't think, I don't think you can find one person in New England that does. Uh, that's probably accurate. Um, we have skipped over my guy. Damian Harris. Who I actually thought was being set up in a way for failure and succeeded. He mm. – eh, what? What are you grunting about? I think we're a little, we're a little overhyping the Damian Harris game. It was okay, good. Why? Okay, it was why? good. But okay. – but people are just pointing to the 100-yard, you know, game. He had a 42-yard carry. Okay. So he was really – No, they count. I'm just saying – All like, I heard was Sony Michelle was suddenly a great running back because he had a 40 and a 38. I, let's, just, let's just not anoint uh, Damon Harris, the second coming of Barry Sanders, after one game. Uh, nobody's anointing him that. But well, some people good? are. Some people are. Well, people are stupid. Did he look good? Yes. Did he look better than Sony Michelle? I was just going to say, yes, he did. Did he run hard, fall forward, all those types of things? Yes, that 42-yard run in particular, I said to myself right after the play, Sonny Michelle could not do that. No chance. No chance. He hit that hole and then ran by guys down the sideline. I've never seen Sony Michelle do that, ever. No, I'm not, I'm, it was a good debut. I'm just saying it was and, overblown because of the 100 yards. And he did it, I know, against a bad run defense, but a, a bad run defense who knew he had to run. A run defense that was playing the run had, you know, eight guys in the box, and he was running behind uh, James Ferentz and two sixth-round rookies, right? Yes. Okay. So, like, we need to put it all in one big package of perspective, and it was a good running effort. It was – because I really did. I thought he was maybe being set up to fail where he'd run the ball, like, 12 times, but they'd stack the box, and he'd average, like, two yards a carry because there was yes. just no room to run. Um, I think it was a good first effort. I, oh, I no like what I saw. I, I'm very comfortable wanting to see more. I want to see him get 20 carries again next week and see how it plays out and see if he can take this job over and be the guy and make me forget about Sony Michelle. Uh, Rob Receiver, what do you make of the, the, all the targets for Demir Bird? Is it just, was it just like a, he was 
sort of the open guy. Like, I don't know. Like, oh. Squire definitely threw to Bird more than anybody else. Yes. Um, Bird's a weird guy. Like, somebody said, who's your most consistent receiver? And they're like, I think it's Bird. And I was like, he's no. inconsistent. Like, even when he catches the ball, he has, like, double catches or, like, some weird plays. And the interception that Stidham threw was a terrible pass. Yeah, yeah Bird didn't do him any favors. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's like, just, oh, boy, I guess that ball's not going right. to get he me. I guess this there. guy's going to pick it off. I'll just watch from behind here. Like, I don't – he's fine if he – like, the role he's in is too elevated. But I think it's related to – clearly, Edelman's hurt. I mean, I know well, he's on the That was my next but. question. Like, is, is he hurt or just not there? I think it's more of the latter. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's, you know, Romo brought it up when he was defending him for that interception. Like his, what did he say? Like his energy and his body language, he's disengaged or, and I, I think we're seeing, I mean, we need to remember Wes Welker fell off a flipping cliff. Like he just ended. And I am worried that we're seeing a little bit of that. And it's weird because I know a couple weeks ago he had a career say. high. Yeah. But physically, he just – I don't know. Well, the drop well, coaching and, staff sees something, too, because he's not playing the number of snaps he used to play. He's been the third receiver all year in terms of snaps. He's been the by far the third. It's been Demir Bird one, Harry two, and he is by far the third. And then you mix in all the drops, and, and a lot of the players, whether it's Keyshawn or Christian Fourier, was talking about, like, he assumes drops means you're thinking about something else or you're in pain or you're like you're distracted mentally. Yep. And I just – I wonder if – and we expected it, right? We thought he would take a step back. He's a 34-year-old slot receiver. Teams are going to focus on him because of the lack of weapons around him. So it's not like – I don't mean this to be a shot or disrespectful like the way the commenters were in his Facebook post when they were being utterly disrespectful. Like – it's okay. You get old and and then that role you take a beating and but even so Keyshawn thinks he was thinking about contact on the interception. If you watch the fourth down catch, he was definitely thinking about contact. He reached out and almost like alligator alligator armed it back in quick to like get yep. down and avoid. We don't see that. I mean, when Julian Edelman's at his best, he's like embracing the contact, he, flipping he, over he loves it. The contact, all those mic'd up clips, he loves getting hit. Right. So is this a um, a small picture? He's dealing with an injury and he's trying to like protect himself, or is this an aging thirty-four-year-old slot receiver who the the wear and tear of the years has kind of caught up with him? I, I think I, we'll I see how this plays out the next couple of weeks, and it, he does benefit too with the bye week after this week. So I mean that helps, but it's just one week. Yeah, and I just they need him in the passing game, like they need him to be something maybe not a hundred plus but, catch guy I mean, but something. josh can't scheme up all these runs all year long it's just impossible right right so i mean there's there's praise to go around but there are still plenty of questions offensively i do want to say the offensive line um i don't think he's the rookie of the year michael on when you like but he deserves praise for extra tight end right tackle left guard right yeah. guard like Doing and the thing that it made me realize how terrible it is that they're paying Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney like $25 million when in consecutive weeks you've run for 200 plus yards and 185 plus yards with a sixth round pick filling in for one of those slots. Like, I, Bill got away from who Bill is, and Bill used to say a long time ago, 
you can always find a guard. And he's right. You can always find a guard. Yeah, except, James Pierce. Right. Except he said, oh, I need this guard. I'm going to give him $50 million. I'm going to give this guy $15 million for this year. And that's why I wonder. Well, I mean, Tooney's, I think Tooney's proven worth it this year. Like, he's shifted over. Like, he can, you know, stabilize the line. Like, you need one of them, right? <laughs> you can't have Yelda Froll and James Ference occupying both guard spots. Well, I got Michael on when new. But then you also have Tooney next to him. No, I know. I'm just saying, I, I think Tooney's back. It's, it's a lot. It's a Slater McCordy Tooney thing. He said, I'm losing Dante Scarnecchia. I don't know if David Andrews is going to be fine. I need Tooney to be a leader, a, a, a linchpin, a yep. stabilizing force this year on the line. I think that was a leadership stability thing more than like, oh, I need Joe Tooney or I want to pay Joe Tooney. And oh, yeah. they had the money. Like they had the money. They're not, they didn't lose anything. I mean, I guess you could say theoretically, why didn't they sign Tom Brady and let Joe Tooney go? But different question for a different day. We don't need to go down that road. Um, I, I guess we'll, we'll preview the Broncos game later in the week. Probably Friday. right. I'm not ready. Probably Friday. Yep. Um, I, I guess we covered pretty much everything. Not Jake uh, Bailey, the weapon that is. Yeah, Bill, Bill praised him up and down today on OMF. Said he called him a weapon. He's starting to talk about him like he used to talk about Johnny Hecker with the uh, Rams a couple years ago. Raises kickoffs and everything. I, I guess, minor note, Nick Folk, good to see him make a 40-plus yard field goal his first of the year. That's yep. confidence moving forward. Would have been nice to see him get a chance at those short field goals as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed, I missed to get a stat in here. I saw – so the Patriots ran at one point in the game 32 of 38 plays overall. They did not score a single point in those. Well, wow. That's pathetic. Uh, that is pathetic. I also would say you look at some of the numbers. They ran like 76 plays or yeah, something. It was in the 70s, yeah. To compare to 54 for the Chiefs. Even though you gave them the ball all those times. Right. You gave them the ball. And this, you, this, that tells you how well they played defensively. That's they true. Did a, yeah. They did a really, really good job defensively. And, you know, I do you buy into the um, the theory that, you know, because the Chiefs didn't see Cam Newton, if you meet again in the playoffs, there might be a benefit? Sure. But then also the Chiefs, the Chiefs saw your game plan. You know, you might have a different game plan next I'm time. I'm sure that they will. Uh, yes, I guess it does benefit the Patriots. Sure. But, I mean – they they have to get to the playoffs first, right? If the playoffs are today, they don't be in the playoffs. And I'd also say I'd prefer that theory coming off a win. If you were three and one and you got the win, and yeah. you said also they didn't get to see Cam Newton, they won't know what to expect when we play Cam Newton against them in January. But you lost, so right. What ding dong do? You're two and two. You think that they can use this game as a positive and kind of say, hey, we another moral victory, so to speak. Like we, you know, fought the adversity of the day game travel. We played well defensively. We just didn't have our quarterback and got bad quarterback play. Otherwise, we would have had a chance. Not really. I mean, maybe with some of the young players and the new players, but I think Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Matthew Slit, like Joe Tooney, they expect that. James White, they, they've been around long enough. Like, you're not allowed to do that in New England. You're not allowed to have a letdown or let the travel or any of those types of things catch up with you. Maybe this was an indoctrination for some of the young guys. Like, 
yeah, we fight through adversity. Yeah, we 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 put up a fight. We you know we make we give our best game effort despite yep. everything that's going on. Maybe, but I think that's expected. I mean, you talk well, about the Patriot like way. Bill, Bill put it perfectly on the conference call today. We never make excuses. We don't make excuses about anything. Period. That's not what we do. We don't make excuses. Right, and and I think you can say that, and all the guys that have been here understand that. But now I think some of the younger guys, like Devin Asiasi or whoever, any of the young guys, you know, um, J- Justin Heron, like yep. no excuses. I, I needed you to go out there and play. You went out there and played. We gave ourselves a chance to win. That's what we do. But in the end, we didn't win. So it wasn't good enough. We make no excuses. We find a way next time. So I do think for some of the younger, newer Patriots, there was probably a benefit to that. Yes. All right. So we'll uh, be back Friday this week, you think? Friday game preview: Brett Rippin versus uh, Jarrett Stidham. Maybe I don't know Cam Newton. I think it's either Stidham or Newton. Stidham's talking on the Greg Hill show on Wednesday morning. That could be a sign that he's the starter. I don't know if you want to read into those things. No, because I think the second that Cam Newton has two negative COVID tests. Oh no, I'm I'm saying if it if it's Stidham or Hoyer. That's what I'm saying. Is there any criticism of Cam Newton? Do you think Cam Newton gutted inside the building or brought it into the building? I don't want to like definitively say, but based on the testing, he probably brought it in. I mean, there's certainly based on the testing, you're right. Um, and then there's been these rumors that he has gone home a couple times to Atlanta and he went to a mall and he went to this. I mean, there's been all this like rumor and speculation. I mean, if he went to a mall, he went to the mall. Like you can't tell him not to live his life. Well, that's how I look at it because all this talk of Goodell and potential forfeits or whatever, if a guy goes home, you're not in a bubble. You didn't bubble your players. If a guy goes home and his wife went to work and wherever she worked, she got it and then she brought it home. I mean, now, now if you went back to Atlanta and went to, you know, a club, then sure, he deserves all the criticism he can get. But does I, it all seem a little weird to you? Yes, it does. Like, all we heard was that. Cam spends more time in the building than anybody. He doesn't. I, mean, I, I was just thinking from a pure pra- a practice perspective, that Friday practice, he's huddling up with these players. He's taking snaps from David and from Joe Tooney and whoever is playing center. Like he's touching and, the football. Like, and he has handshakes for everybody and he loves everybody. And right. Bill said he interacts with the defense and the offense more than anybody. And he was doing his zoom call Thursday night with no mask. And he's with the PR people and just, it's a miracle if they don't have, you know, like this little outbreak. I mean, I just, it, it's hard to believe something. It just seems weird to me. Seems yeah. strange. I would agree. All right. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully we're not talking about an outbreak on our next podcast and we're previewing a Broncos game on Sunday. A Broncos game that they should win. Uh, yes. We will get to that on Friday. Uh, have a good rest of the week. Talk to you later. Peace out.